Asia Pacific currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning and welcome to Community Radio 3CR, Asia Pacific Currents. It's one minute past nine o'clock here on 3CR. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Morrow and we'll bring you today's program of Asia Pacific Current on your favourite um, community radio station, which of course, Radio Sun is not too far away, Giselle. I don't think I've... Uh sort of told many of my usual um, uh, sponsors or donors, but hey, start to put your pennies, actually more than your pennies, your gold coins at least. <laughs> and of course, this is a left-wing station, so um, 3CR is very supportive of the uh, grassroots activist programs that are broadcast. But, you know, I, I have, I've been at the station for about 18 years now, and I have remembered um, that in the olden days, in the lead-up to Radiothon, we used to say things like, if we don't make our target, we're going to get kicked off air. We've been told very, very firmly by the station that's really not true. However, listeners, if we don't raise our Radiothon money, we will be kicked off air. So please give generously. Um, we'll be bringing you more information about how you can contribute to Radiothon. But uh, it, it kicks off in a couple of weeks' time. So start saving those pennies. That's great. I didn't quite understand that, Giselle. But it doesn't matter. As long as people give money, that's fine. And on today's program, we'll have the usual news roundup and something slightly different. As people would know, I went to the Labor Start uh, conference in Toronto, Canada a couple of weeks ago, so I'm going to be grilled by Giselle in the second half of the program. Yeah, I'm going to make it as painful for you as I possibly can. About whether or not it was a junket or I really did some work there, but don't despair. I will be up to the task. But <laughs> That is in the second part of the program. First up, of course, All right. news and from news. Look, the And some of our listeners, we do get feedback. Often we've got terrible news to, to give, and I understand that comrades but unfortunately some often our class loses but i do have to start off a piece of slightly good news during the week lucky akta a union leader with the garment workers trade union center was abducted in the middle of the night um, by paramilitary thugs and that's in dhaka bangladesh now, grave fears for her safety was, were held as repression of union labour activists in Bangladesh is very common and other uh, union leaders have been killed in the past. Fortunately, her fellow workers mounted a strong campaign pressuring the government to release her. They, they actually surrounded a government building and they said they were not going to let anyone in or out until she got released. Lucky was released unharmed uh, the next day, but does face new charges. Um, the government industry in Bangladesh is characterised by inhumane working conditions where global com- uh, clothing companies make huge profits. So the fact that uh, Lucky is still out there and she's still organising, it's fantastic, comrades. Well done. Really does demonstrate the power of collective action and we can stop anything if we if we unite. Um, moving now to Thailand, while repression against anti-dictatorship activists has been documented before, a recent report by Human Rights Watch has catalogued the full extent of repression by Thailand's military junta. Human Rights Watch found that since the coup in 
May 2014, over 1,600 people are being tried in military courts, while another 1,300 have been detained for varying periods of time by the military for re-education purposes. We've heard that expression before. Opposition to the military is steadily increasing and last week around 1,200 health workers issued a statement calling for the end of military rule and immediate general elections. We've been raising and will continue to raise the demands, free all political prisoners in Thailand, abolish Article 112 and end the military dictatorship. I mean, it's great to see that uh, the opposition is growing, but um, I think it might take a little bit longer and we go to, uh, to to West Asia now, totally different, where the 15th of May, so about um, 10 days, not even 10 days, it was just over a week ago, was the 68th anniversary of Al-Nakba, the day 1948 that officially marks the dispossession of Palestinians from their lands by Zionist colonisers. Over 500 uh, Palestinian villages were affected then, and around three um, quarters of a million Palestinians became refugees in 1948. Events were held all around the world to seek justice and redress for the exodus and showing that the Palestinians are f- still fighting. Within in Israel, um, interesting events uh, to commemorate al-Nakba were also held in the Negev Desert, where dispossession of Palestinian lands continue to this day. In Pakistan, earlier this week, five workers employed at the Maxam Plastic Factory in the Kuranji Industrial Area were sent to clean a chemical tank. They weren't provided with any specialised breathing equipment and they were killed by the fumes. Unfortunately, these are not the first deaths of this kind in the area as there are many other similar plastic factories, some of which are illegal. These deaths are the result of a poorly organised workforce and non-existing health and safety regulations. Safety inspections have now been privatised. Only strong and independent unions can save workers' lives. That's, that's right, and there's actually some interesting um, photos on the, on the web about how they went into the tank. I mean, it was just incredible. Um, we now go to, again, we go to a Palestinian um, story, and, and Giselle, I think I've mucked up the, the numbers, so just do the... Uh, we number these stories, but I think I did a bit of a mistake. So just go to the next number, uh, whatever that one appears in your list. No problem, Pierre. I, uh, I'm happy to make you look good on air. That's good. That, that's good. Um, but um, seriously, though, we do have an, actually another uh, bit of good news. So it's good that um, uh, Mohammed al-Khik, who is a Palestinian uh, prisoner in, uh, in Israel... Well, he went on a hunger strike, and he went on a hunger strike for 94 days, and he was finally released. Now, he was actually close to, to death, he, um, and um, he was one of those people who was charged um, anti-Israeli crimes, but those crimes um, are often put under um, uh, security um, uh, legislation, so there's actually very little to see if there's any evidence to them. But he was released... Um, uh, this week, so fantastic. Although there's actually another seven thousand Palestinian prisoners in there, uh, of whom at almost a thousand are under so-called administrative um, uh, detention. 
And we're upping the ante against the SDA. I was very pleased to um, see this particular news story. Pleased from the perspective of a, a challenge to uh, how they operate. The burger giant McDonald's is underpaying its Australian workers tens of millions of dollars a year under a cosy deal struck with Labor's largest union affiliate that excludes weekend penalty rates. Uh, a Fairfax media investigation has found that the Shop Distributive and Allied Employees Association, that is the SDA, negotiated a 2013 agreement under which some McDonald's employees are paid nearly one-third less than the award, the minimum pay and condition safety net. Nationwide, workers at McDonald's uh, appear to be out of pocket by at least $50 million a year. Those affected include young workers who earn as little as $10.08 an hour. Look, an incredible story there, Giselle. It just keeps coming out uh, regarding the SDA and you just... Well, yellow unions are our enemy. I mean, we have to fight them as well. That's right. That's right. And I actually just saw today on the paper that um, McDonald's, actually, the official statement said that um, we will explain uh, all, all this through our partners and i.e. the SDA. Yeah. So I think that says everything. Um, now, Giselle, with my numbering, that went wrong. The, I don't actually have another story, but <laughs> your story next is was about the, the rally. So how about if I just announce the details you and you can, because I can actually see the poster, you see. <laughs> um, next Saturday at 11 o'clock at Coburg, there's going to be a no to racism rally. Um, stop the forced closures of Aboriginal communities. Treaty now. Let the refugees in close Manus and Nauru and no to Islamophobia. So that's at the Coburg Library at 11 o'clock just off Sydney Road, quite central to Coburg. It was going to be a, a, um, a well, a great rally, a very family fun day, but there's been uh, developments, as we've uh, said before, haven't we, Giselle? Yeah, that's right. So this initially started as a local community event. It was called by a small organising group in Moreland and in support of Sue Bolton, who is the local left-wing councillor at Moreland City Council. Um, since then, the far-right fascist forces, including the likes of the UPF, uh, the True Blue Crew and others, have uh, threatened our ability, as in the left's ability, to mobilise around our demands. And we really can't tolerate a situation like that. So this is a really important event. We really need all of us out there. If we lose in Coburg, the chances of us being able to mobilise without opposition start to diminish. So we need to defend our space. It, this is no longer about defending this single rally. This is about, you know, Muslims, Arabs, our right to walk freely and safely in the streets. So get along to the rally on the um, 28th of May, Saturday the 28th of May. It's a Moreland says no to racism and meet us uh, starting at the Coburg Library. And if you can get there before 11, that's um, even better. So it's talking about 11. It's just on 11 past 9 o'clock here. That's all that we have for our news items. We'll go to a short community announcement and then we'll be back um, with Giselle grilling, grilling me about the Labor Star conference that was held a couple of weeks ago. Are you a book reader and collector? Could any of your books find a new home? Why not donate unused books to the upcoming Big Red Book Fair? This year, the book fair is on Saturday the 25th of June at Trades Hall from 10 till 4. 
If you have books to donate, please contact the New International Bookshop today on 039662-3744. That's 039662-3744. Or go to our website, newinternationalbookshop.org.au, a 3CR supporter. Hello, this is Archie Roach and you're listening to Good Music on 855am. On 3CR. 13 minutes past 9 o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. This is Asia Pacific Currents. So Labor Start, for those of you who don't know, a website that um, catalogues uh, news and information across the labor movement across the world had its annual conference at the start of May and uh, AAWL was invited to participate and deliver a workshop around uh, one of our flagship pieces of work, for want of a better expression, the global picket line campaign work that we've been building for the last uh, eight years, actually, quite a long time. Pierre Morrow was delegated to present this workshop and attend the conference. And I'm going to speak to Pierre now about uh, what happened and what it was like. Welcome, Pierre. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure to be interviewed on this flagship <laughs> program of on 3CR Radio. Did you Radio. like how professional I was? I thought you would very much enjoy that. Uh, I did. Thank Let's, you very much. Not everyone's going to know what Labor Start is. So why don't we start there? So firstly, what was the date that it first was uh, went live? As far as I remember, as far as I've been told... Was you weren't it, supposed to have the answer to that question. <laughs> I see. Well, I was prepared. It was 1999. Wow. So it's been going for 17 years. And really, to give credit where it's due, I think when it, it, it first started as an email, internet, labour site, it was actually at the cutting edge of, uh, of international solidarity. So that really, that publicizing workers' struggle around the world. You know, it was great. Um, The only thing, though, is that it has sort of remained that for 15, 17 years. The the world has moved on, technology has moved on, but it has remained basically just an email platform uh, to publicize a whole array of labor issues and really, if you go on it, there's hundreds, so there's not even uh, an ability to um, catalogue which ones are the most important ones. So, um, I mean, I, I, many of our listeners will be familiar with Labor Start, and for that reason, I think it's important to talk about some of the controversies of Labor Start and why an organisation like AAWL uh, would have accepted an invitation and then gone to speak. And most particularly, um, <coughs> Labor starts what looks like Labor starts position on um, Palis- the occupation of Palestine. Well, that's an interesting um, question, uh, Giselle, because it did come up in the conference. <coughs> the, the but it came up in a in a in a sort of lateral way. Um, first of all, we were told a number of times that. Uh, Labor Start does not take positions. Labor Start doesn't have any official positions. So, um, but I have to interrupt you. Okay, so Labor Start doesn't take positions, except, um, and and look, I'm not a Maoist, but I do notice that any of the major campaigns by uh, union federations across Asia, which is where we're uh, most familiar, that um, at where those labor centres are run by. Maoist-leaning um, communist parties or whatever, those stories don't end up on the Labor Start website. So maybe they don't take a position, but 
that exclusion inclusion thing is very much the politics of the website. All right, let me let me <laughs> rephrase that. Um, Labor start doesn't take um, any positions, but from again from an outside, and I did ask a few questions when I was there. It also seems a bit hard what the actual uh, decision making processes of the website. Uh, and it would seem that the founding member, Eric Lee, uh, still has a lot of power within that organisation. So I accept what you said. But So let's get back to the Palestinian. So I went to a uh, forum uh, run by Iranian um, uh, labour labor groups. And what they said at that forum was that Labor Start ran a campaign in in conjunction with Education International to um, free Iranian teachers. Within Iran, the Labor groups within Iran didn't actually um, uh, publicise or run with the Labor Start campaign because of the um, position of Labor Start on Palestine and support for Israel. That was 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 said at this um, at this um, panel. Then Eric Lee was actually on the panel, and he stood up and said, "I don't know how you could say that. Um, we support the Palestinians. I, I support the uh, BDS, the 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 boycott disinvestment campaign, and I support a two state um, solution for Israel." And the exchange got a bit heated, but that was the end end of it. Um, there was a uh, a workshop on the BDS uh, at the conference, but it was at the same time as there was a workshop on Chinese trade unions. So I had to choose, and so I went to the Chinese trade union workshop. But I got told that nothing else was said about at that workshop about Labor Start and Israel and Palestine. So for anyone who was there, and I, and I saw a number of people, it was a bit like, what does this all mean? It was never quite fully explained. So Labor Start is an internet, it's a website that basically posts a lot of news and information, as we said, about labor disputes in the world. Additionally, it's got this um, platform for internet-based campaigning. So given that's what Labor Start is, what's the point of a conference? What happens at a conference? What, are the, what is the outcome of a conference by this web platform? That's, a, that's an excellent question, Giselle. Um, well, the, the, it was advertised as come and talk and discuss about international solidarity campaigns and where we were. So it was, you know, the, the, the theme was, uh, was interesting. So when I, I got there, um, I think the, the organisers, you know, were struggling to try and to put the conference together in you know, all the various things, which often happens at conference. There's always more things that you can do. But I found, and I talked, to a couple of other people who were there internationally, that somehow the theme got lost of it. There were all these panels and workshops, and it just seemed to be like whoever got there sort of spoke on on their thing. So it was very much like, truly, I got most of it out by talking to the people who were there um, and the organisations. And so you sort of really went out and left yes, why would you call this conference? Um, like there was no real um, debate about how good or how bad or how Labor Start is going, um, how good, you know, internet 
emailing is. Um, what else can be done about intentional solidarity? What other ways that can work that people want to try? You know, how best should the connections be made? If any of that was discussed, it was basically between individuals, but there was no there was no focus. Which, looking back at it, you know, and, I, and again, I talked to a, a number of people, and we all came back with and said what was the objectives of the organisers because it certainly doesn't, um, it didn't um, appear very clear to us. It wasn't clear to us what their objective was. And really, it was a bit of a, um, of a shame because, you know, conferences around international solidarity are not that many around. It's, um, I mean, what you're describing is not that uncommon. I think it takes a real skill and um a, a massive broader political project to pull off a conference of that size that actually has outcomes and is effective and produces results. I mean, if you if you look at, for example, Socialist Alternatives Marxism Conference, it, it is basically four days of talk fest, which is valuable, um, and I'm not at all trying to mm. criticise their conference, but there is nothing tangible produced. You don't walk away with campaigns or work for the future. Um so, you know, in that regard, I'm not surprised that Labor Starts Conference kind of ran that way. But can I just yeah. enter? And I'm happy to talk more about some of the workshop now, but, but it was advertised in a slightly different way. Yeah, so advertised as a how can we work together in the future kind and, of... And debate and discuss what we've done. I'm interested to know how genuine the participation was from trade unions. Were there union unions, official <coughs> unions represented from across the world? Also, I mean, it was pitched as an international conference. How international was it? Or was it very North American? Look, there were. There were, there were I mean, it was a bit of a hodgepodge. Again, it was a bit like, I'm not too sure why people are, are, are here and how they were selected. It seemed there were num- I think Labor Starts got a lot of connections within Africa, but most of the African uh, delegates we were told uh, couldn't come. Um, there was a number of Canadian unions there, so that was interesting. I got a bit of an insight in some of the issues or, and how some of the ways that Canadian unions organised, so that was good. But, yeah, it was a bit, you know, one... Um, one delegate here, one delegate there again. It, it was, yeah, it was a bit hard to, to see. There was less than 200 people there, I would say at least half, if not more, were from Canada. Of course, we sent you there not, you know, to participate in a junket, Pierre, to do some work, um, to discuss the global picket line and to, despite the uh, existing constraints of the conference, to actually build links and connections for the future. Did you manage to do that? Um, yes, um, I gave the, the Global Picket Line um, a workshop. There's about a dozen people there. There were a lot of questions, actually. There's so many questions that I never quite managed to finish what I wanted to do. Um, I, I think came back with some interesting ideas and different perspective from people. And we're going to have, um, uh, in early June, we're going to have a, a, a meeting about the Global Picket Line. So I think uh, somewhere we can repackage it somehow. No, uh, but I've got ideas. But people can see the value of basically of horizontal organising of 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 workers. Um, but again, it would have been better to have had more time and had um, people, you know, other people's experiences talk about the past and and the future. But 
yeah, it was just one workshop on, on that. And for the conference itself, how, how did it end? How did it conclude? And what are the future or next steps, so to speak? Look, I don't... Um, look, in, in the end, the, the workshop started to run over time. And so I got to the end panel like halfway through it. So, but I didn't hear that there was any resolution because Labor Start doesn't have any positions. So there weren't any real resolution, which was part of like, what were you aiming for? But just to step back in terms of, um, uh, of what I learned, like I had great um, uh, discussions with Iranian labor activists. They're really well organized. I had um, I went to a panel of uh, from the Hong Kong Confederation of Trade Unions, and they're really interested to expand the international solidarity and working with unions around. So that's 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 great. I also saw that um, um, overall, again from a little a bit a bit I see the issue of migrant workers in Canada is very big there as well. Um, and I would say they're slightly more advanced in how they they cope with it than here. For instance, there was one um, union that has managed to get in the EBA with their company that the company, uh, once they bring temporary migrant workers in, helps them to get permanent residency. And it seemed that so far out of a workforce, about 1,500, half of them have got PR which I thought was quite interesting. And another group had made up this, um, I can only um, um, say it was like a trip advisor type website for um, prospective migrant workers to basically chat and share ideas, you know, who were the better uh, labour hire organisations which gave and all that. So that was, that, that was interesting to see. Well, Pierre, thank you so much for your time on the program today. Pleasure. Happy to um, to come back again, Giselle, any time. Pierre mentioned a public meeting um, that AAWL is organising in June. Uh, so that is on the f- Wednesday, the 1st of June. That's going to be at Trades Hall at 6 o'clock in the Everett Room. The topic of the discussion is the global picket line. So we'll be looking at Pierre's report from the Labor Start Conference, my report from the visit to... Indonesia, where I delivered the workshop on two occasions with worker groups, um, and looking at what's next for that particular campaign, continuing to promote it, but more particularly building international solidarity and and connecting us across Asia. So please get along to that. That's on Wednesday, the first of June, at six o'clock in the Everett Room. It's twenty-seven minutes past nine o'clock. Some community announcements, and then we'll uh, wrap up the show. Hi, my name is Lex Wharton and I listen to 3CR and I hope you do too. I hope that you could support 3CR in its radiothon because 3CR supports the fight for communities and support in all areas of struggles. So please listen to 3CR. Join with Moreland residents in support of a diverse and inclusive society. Moreland says no to racism. Rally on Saturday the 28th of May at 11am. Gather at the Coburg Library, corner of Victoria Street Mall and Louisa Street. After the rally in March, there will be speakers and music. Stop the forced closure of Aboriginal communities, let the refugees in and say no to Islamophobia. Moreland says no to racism. For more information and to RSVP, head to the Facebook event, Rally 
Morland says no to racism, a 3CR supporter. Hi, this is Liz Stringer and you're listening to the mighty 3CR on 855 AM and digital radio, 3cr.org.au. That was a nice announcement, Pierre, that you played. Were you just missing the sound of your own voice, were you? You can never have enough of your own voice, Giselle. You should know that. Been, how, many, how many hours are you on this station, Giselle? Ah, oh, that was really not necessary, wasn't it? <laughs> 28 minutes past nine o'clock. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Please do get along to that Moreland um, anti-racism rally on the 28th. I know we keep pushing it, but it's really, really important. We will be back next Saturday from nine o'clock with more news and current affairs from the Asia-Pacific region. I'm Giselle. And I'm Pierre Morrow. Stay tuned for 3CR and the Palestine Remembered program coming up straight after this community announcement. 3CR, always bringing you the latest union news. They're coming after us at the moment. They want to get rid of penalty rates, the big push from businesses. They want to get rid of all the things that you and I have fought for. So there's tens of thousands of jobs gone contracted out to sham contracting arrangements. On 8.55am and on the web, 3cr.org.au. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.